This is Crowcasts, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcasts, you will hear from our specialists offering insight and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Welcome everyone to the latest Crowcast. My name is Robert Marchant, I'm a VAT partner. I'm joined here today by my fellow tax partner, Simon Crookston from our Kent office. Hi everyone. Today's topic is tax integrity, which some people refer to as tax risk. And specifically, we're going to be talking about how tax processes and controls have increasingly become an area of focus for our clients. During this podcast, we're going to be talking to you about the boardroom, newspaper headlines, and through to kind of armchairs and beyond. We're demonstrating that tax is a mainstream topic and one that even my mum now has a view on. Simon, a, a question for you, kind of what, why are we talking about the topic of tax integrity? Well, Rob, I think, as you said, I mean, tax risk or tax integrity, as it's sometimes referred, is very topical at the moment for businesses that are large or small. In my view, tax integrity is really focusing around you know, effective management of tax in a way that aids the delivery of a business's overall business strategy. I think it's fair to say that tax is also a mainstream topic at the moment, yeah, with tax authorities and other stakeholders expecting finance functions to be able to demonstrate evidence of how tax compliance is dealt with and the fact that it's being operated uh, efficiently and effectively. Tax integrity is, is also a boardroom topic and reflects this a wider changing climate at the moment. It's also a moral issue with successive political leaders having focused on it. And if you get it wrong, Rob, there's always a potential for reputational risk. Yeah, indeed, Simon, I agree. You know, I I think it's also not just those environmental factors. There's been a huge amount of change over UK tax law in in recent years. And what I'm noticing really is an increasing focus on the processes and controls. You could say it probably began with the SAO regime maybe 10 years or so ago. An SAO is aimed at the very large corporates, but we're seeing that filtering down to other clients and other other size organisations and a number of other tax law changes, which are kind of in this area, which we're going to come on to talk to you about. Overall, I guess I describe it as more and more clients looking at the how they handle their tax affairs and, and less on actually kind of what specific tax is being paid. And Simon, do you want to build on that? Yeah, I'd agree, Rob. As you say, I think yeah, SAOs probably was the start. I think, yeah, there's been a lot of change in the world and very rapid change over the last 10 years, particularly with things like online shopping and e-commerce and the advent of new technologies. This, I mean, this has clearly caused new business models to arise. You know, the way that we sell goods and services these days is completely different to the way it was 10 years ago. I think it's fair to say that tax authorities are really playing catch up here. They are introducing new taxes like digital services taxes, but... Yeah, what we're also seeing is that they're focusing back on what I'd call the basics. They're yeah, really looking at auditing businesses' tax systems and processes, really to make sure that they've got good governance. I think with HMRC as well, they've now introduced their Connect computer system. I think what this has done is allowed them to gain you know, huge, huge amounts of data from various sources, yeah, whether that be tax records or online platforms, maybe bank records government department, the list goes on. It's really enabled HMRC to build a real complex picture of organisations' tax affairs and identify inconsistencies 
in sort of tax filings or tax return information. I mean, commercially as well, I think it's fair to say that the world is a lot smaller than it used to be. Organisations can now trade in parts of the world they could only dream of 10 or 15 years ago. Although what this has done is enabled unacceptable tax practices to occur, you know, whether that be through criminal activities or clever tax structuring. As a consequence, what we have seen over the last two or three years, there's, as you rightly say, Rob, there's an introduction of new taxes such as the Corporate Criminal Offence Act or DAC6. I mean, turning back to what you were saying earlier, Rob, about SAO. Yeah, so so SAO is a, a regime that requires a senior official from the company to sign off that the organisation has appropriate processes and controls in place um, in order to manage their tax obligations. You know, what we are seeing is actually HMRC beginning to take action personally against the SAO for inaccurate declarations. And so there's cases coming to the tribunal about whether or not the individual was effectively negligent in, in signing that declaration. We also see actions where perhaps the business submitted a clean certificate saying that they had no issues, but then very soon after that submitted a, a large value voluntary disclosure. So then, you know, the revenue are then saying, well, hang on a minute, not long ago, you told us everything was fine, but now you're making an error correction. It is just important to make clear for everyone that SAO is only aimed at the very large corporates. But that being said, the principles are filtering down and extending much wider. And just to give you some examples, I, I work with a client that, that is not within SAO, but they have set themselves up some tax risk matrices. So they identify what, what areas of UK tax are high risk for them, or then which ones are, are low risk. Um, and then they've documented how they comply with their obligations to meet the UK tax obligations that they have. So those documents are, are setting out what the tax is, how it applies to them, um, and how they manage it. Aside from that, kind of the theme of health check reviews would also be relevant. So these might be focused on particular taxes, but again, would come back to what processes and controls have I got in place to make sure that I'm, I'm paying the right amount of tax. Simon, should we go on to talk about some other aspects of tax integrity and perhaps a little bit more around um, CCO and DAC6, so some other acronyms for people? Happy to, happy to, Rob. I mean, yeah, CCO, as you mentioned, so Corporate Criminal Offence, as it's referred to. I mean, this was introduced back in 2017. And unlike SAO, this applies to all organisations and effectively allows them to be criminally prosecuted if they do not prevent the facilitation of tax evasion. Unfortunately, the only real defence organisations have is to make sure that they've got reasonable prevention procedures in place and that these are proportionate to the level of risk that, that they as an organisation are exposed to. What's not appropriate, though, as you would expect, it's not appropriate to draft a policy and then leave it in the corner somewhere gathering dust. To have a valid defence, this policy and the procedures, it needs to be driven from the top down. It needs to be embedded throughout the organisation. And there needs to be some form of training as well. HMRC have recently announced they've got 30 investigations underway. And these are across 10 business sectors. So clearly, yeah, it's been around since 2017. But now, yeah, it's really starting to have some teeth and people are starting to take effect. So if I now look at DAC6, it applies to all organisations, whether that be a person, a company or a partnership particularly those that operate across the EU and have an interest in the EU. Not only is it important for organisations, but it's also important for intermediaries. And broadly, the legislation is there to try and tackle tax avoidance. And what it does is it introduces an obligation for intermediaries to disclose cross-border arrangements. 
And the arrangements that they have to disclose are those that are deemed to have hallmarks. As you would expect, though, you know, these hallmarks are very widely drawn, so they can also capture transactions which have real commercial substance. I mean, DAC6, it's fair to say, has only recently become topical, and that's mainly because the reporting deadline is January 2021. But what I would say is a sting in the tail here is that even that's the first reporting deadline, organisations and intermediaries have to report transactions back to the 25th of June 2018. That's a huge compliance obligation for them. I mean, Rob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we've got going on here is, is really is about responding to regulatory requirements, isn't it, that's being imposed on the business. And, you know, and we do recognise that these are rules that, that, that organisations are being asked to comply with. I suppose the question, Simon, is really, is, is there any upside to the kind of increased focus on, on this process and control area? I would say there is, Rob. I mean, one of the main upsides I'm hearing quite commonly from sort of finance and tax teams is the fact that, you know, it's raised tax up the agenda within their organisation. It's now got sort of board level discussions where previously may not have featured. I mean, give, let me give you an example of a recent client. This is a vehicle equipment manufacturer. And this organization rapidly expanded its operations globally. This was really driven, though, by the sales and commercial teams. And unfortunately, they didn't involve the finance team much in their expansion. So what the finance team ended up doing was they were playing catch up. This caused great tax integrity and risk concerns within the organization. And that was from a VAT, an employment tax and a corporate tax filing obligation perspective. So what did we do? Well, They got us involved and we helped them with supply chain reviews. We helped them identify and document where they had VAT supply chain issues, but also where they potentially had permanent establishment issues. Through our assistance, we we managed to help them. But in addition, what that has done is it's allowed the board and the decision makers within the organisation to now have greater understanding around the tax risk areas. So I think that's been a huge benefit. But in addition, internally, They've changed their systems, they've changed their processes, and they've improved their tax integrity. So hopefully these issues won't happen again in the future. I think it's fair to say in our experience as well, if you have good, solid tax processes and controls, it's easier for businesses to be able to cope with the changing environments and changing tax regimes. In addition, should there be a sort of shift in business models, as we've seen recently with COVID-19, having better tax integrity and tax processes allows them to more easily adapt and innovate in a changing environment. I mean, Rob, as I mentioned earlier, HMRC have a a lot of data at their fingertips. You must be seeing this a lot from a sort of VAT making tax digital perspective. I mean, how is this impacting your clients? Yeah, I mean that, that that's absolutely right. If if we sort of rewind, make making tax digital for VAT was introduced as as part of HMRC's digital journey. Ultimately, it is it is to give them better visibility and and data to carry out VAT and and, and tax audits. So people will appreciate that MTD has been with us for now for about eighteen months or so. We have the next phase of it coming next year in twenty twenty one. And that's a requirement for there to be digital links in, in all parts of the VAT return preparation process. At the moment, spreadsheets can still feature in people's VAT compliance calculations. But we do know that there is an end game. What we don't know is the timeline, but we do know that ultimately the intention is that the revenue will be able to access your transactional data. So spreadsheets will be phased out. There'll be a direct interface in some format between um, the revenues computer system and ours. 
and we would expect HMRC to be able to interrogate that data almost in real time. I would add to that as well that we know that for 2024 that corporation taxes may start to come into the regime and, and potentially be mandated from 2026. So whilst VAT has been the starting point, we know that there are further iterations and developments coming both in the VAT but, but also in the corporate tax worlds. And ultimately, this is about the transactional data. And, and I think the point I would emphasise is that if you have poor or kind of inadequate procedures, that's likely to lead to an increase in the tax error rates and so a greater risk of tax assessments and and audits and penalties, etc. And clearly, with the greater level of data being available to HMRC, the the greater the chances of those errors being identified. So if I conclude the Crowcast today, we've talked to you about tax integrity and tax risk. We've talked about the fact that this is an ongoing focus area for for our clients. It's certainly something that we at Crow are, are doing a lot with. I guess I, I kind of acknowledge that every starting point is different and that businesses are, are, are dynamic and different. Um, I would pose some questions for the people listening to this around how you go about meeting your tax obligations. I say I, I kind of do talk about this topic in a, in a sense of how rather than what tax you're paying. So some questions for you would be around kind of what processes you have in place, the systems that you are using, what people are involved at the different levels and the training that they may need. I'd also ask you to think about the approval processes that are in place and the links to the other areas of your business. You know, just coming back to Simon's example, where part of the business had pushed on to get the sales opportunities lined up, but haven't consulted with the finance and tax teams about the administrative and tax consequences from that. I would also like to highlight for people that we've recently introduced a tax integrity scorecard tool. So that's available on our our website. It gives you a free assessment of your likely tax risk profile. And just a, a plug for another technology tool that we'll be releasing soon, which is in relation to the corporate criminal offences provisions. Actually, that tool is something that you could refer to as your file of evidence um, of the fact that you've taken steps to, to mitigate against those risks. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And that brings us to the close of this Crowcast. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we advise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, the eighth largest accounting network in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.